0: Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention with your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Tonight, we have the first of a two-part series, ADHD in College. Working Memory and Problem Solving, Part 1. It is, uh, it is August in the year 2019. We're airing these uh, two shows uh, as the ADHD community students prepare to head off to college. We're very excited about the content and encourage you to uh, spend some time studying this and the next show. Before we get into things in more detail, the 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD is scheduled for November the 7th through the 9th. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, you can learn more about it and sign up at chadd.org. In a minute, uh, we're going to run a clip uh, of, of uh, Chad um, uh, doing a little uh, promo of that. Um, I'm excited about uh, this particular conference and doing a workshop on working memory, um, much more in-depth than what we are going to get into into this show and the sequel, but um really excited about it. And uh, if you're going to consider attending, I'd love for you to swing by and, and check it out. Um, our program is being brought to unite by to unite. Excuse me, by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. In celebration of that, we're offering uh, to give you uh, some free copies of Attention Magazine, digital copies. That is. So all you have to do is this: listen to this program. We're going to share a secret word. Write it down. Listen to another show. Uh, listen for the secret word. Write it down and send me an email. Just just put the two words in the email. Uh, the email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com, and when I get that, I'll forward it on, and we will send you a current PDF copy of Attention Magazine, and we will get you uh, uh, a PDF copy of the next one that will be in print. Um, as I said, tonight's show is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Uh, they have a little promotional of the conference coming up that we want to play, and then we'll get into the show, so here we go.
1: Are you looking for the latest tools, treatments, and strategies to help manage ADHD? Join CHAD at the 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD, November 7 to 9 in Philadelphia. Connect with people who share your concerns. Take home new ideas and action plans for a healthier and stronger life. Register today. Visit CHAD.org. That's C-H-A-D-D dot org.
0: Thank you, uh, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage our listeners to uh, become members, to financially support them, or just donate. uh, A uh, financially strong Chad is a financially strong ADHD community. Chad is the one that speaks uh, on our behalf on Capitol Hill and different regulatory agencies. Uh, I would say sign up to be a member so you get access to all the cool benefits. Uh, Again, to learn more and sign up, go to chadd.org. Okay, so to tee up to this show, this show was pre-recorded. We did this show and next week's show. Um, We ran it together, so it's kind of seamless. One runs into the next, and um, I'm really excited about this. We talk about working memory. We use some attention exercises uh, so people can understand it, and then Christina Robinson and myself uh, talk about working memory, some of the challenges of college, and we talk about it so that uh, we can help empower you to problem solve, so I hope you enjoy the show, and we'll roll the tape. Christina Robinson is a certified ADHD coach and an educational consultant certified by the Federation for Children with Special Needs in Boston. Christine has over 12,000 hours coaching children, teens, adults, couples, and college students. She received her bachelor's degree in psychology from Clark University and her master's in education from Finchburg State University, graduating summa cum laude. As well as having her private practices in Nashville, Tennessee, she's also associated with the Hallowell Center in New York City. A certified teacher and master coach who has over 20 years of sales and marketing slash leadership experience, she's considered to be an expert in her field of ADHD, special education, advocacy work, and individual education plans. Christine has her own training program for those who would like to add coaching to their existing practice or to start their own ADHD coaching business. You can find more about her at addactioncoach.com. With that, Christine, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Great to be back.
0: I'm, uh, I'm real excited about this. Uh, I, you know, Christine, over the years, I've, I've, gosh, I've been going to uh, conferences and listening to webinars, and one of the hot, hot, hot topics are launching uh, uh, ADHD students into college, or once they're getting there, trying to kind of keep them in, and Uh, in working with you over the time and what I've learned on attention talk radio, I'm excited about our program today because I think that we can kind of talk about some ADHD issues and then start talking about uh, just different things that we both experience when working with people with ADHD or kids with ADHD that are going off to college um, and offer up some ideas. Now, some of everybody, the structures and stuff that we're going to offer up, they might not necessarily work for you. Um, We'll talk about sometimes they, you know, What works for one doesn't work for another. But the idea is really kind of help you understand what's going on and um, and also give you an idea of, of why you need to do some of this stuff. So hopefully we'll spur your creativity. And, you know, Christina, in a separate interview, you and I talked about the challenges of college students in working memory and how it's actually harder today Uh, for college students because technology taxes its working memory. And to start this off so that our listeners can really understand this a little bit, I'd like to do an exercise with you. Are you game? Mm
1: -hmm. Sure. Absolutely, Chad. Okay.
0: I do this with, like, everybody I work with, and the idea is really just kind of want to walk through this thing. We'll talk about when it's over with. But in a minute, I'm going to share five words. And what I'd like you to do is make sure that you don't write them down. Mm-hmm. And if you feel the urge to repeat the words, please don't. I'll explain why afterwards. But after I've said the words, and when you're ready, I'd like you to repeat them back to me in alphabetical order. You good with that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and everybody, if you're listening, I would like you to do this in your head, too. And then I'm going to do this uh, with Christine, but I want you to you know, do this exercise yourself, uh, and we'll talk about it. So are you ready? hmm Okay. All right. Teacher zebra kangaroo bumblebee hippopotamus
1: okay um bumblebee hippopotamus teacher kangaroo oh zebra i think all right <laughs> Did I do it that's right that's right
0: that's, all right. Right. that's, good. that's good that's good that's good <laughs> You, know, that, that, you, you kind of reverse those a little bit. The, the issue that I want everybody to tone, I don't really care if you got it right or wrong. Uh, by the way, I do this about half the time people forget a word or they get the order wrong, uh, and the other half they get it right. But here's what I want um, everybody to notice, is you'll notice is that you didn't learn anything new.
1: Right, I mean, Christine, you
0: know <laughs> what all those things are. You can actually visualize them, and you know what the alphabetical order is. But here's the thing, is you had to – I said all those words, and you actually had to remember them, and then, in some way, you had to pay attention to them individually without forgetting all the words, and you had to repeat them back to me in alphabetical order. Does that make sense
1: yeah i mean i was I would think I was so intent on just remembering the words, and that's where it went wrong. Yep. <laughs>
0: Well, that, that's, that's kind of good. You know, as an aside, how you remember those words is as individual as the person. I've had people say, I remember, I could hear the echo of your voice. That's helped me re- remember it. Other people said, I, you know, I envision a teacher with a bumblebee flying around. its head, a hippopotamus, a kangaroo, and a zebra um, in, the, in, the, uh, in the, the chairs, the classroom. I actually had one person who said they re- could remember um, it by smell. The point really is is how you remember it is as individual as a person, but the process is, not, is the same. That is, you have to hold them in your mind, and you have to repeat them without forgetting about and you have to pay attention to them and repeat them back to alphabetical order. And the reason I do this right. exercise is because that's actually what working memory is. It's juggling those words or thoughts in your mind and sequencing them. And we just did five words, and you actually had to think about it a little bit. It was a little taxing. Could you imagine if I gave you ten words? Yeah, I, I would probably
1: have to come up with a better strategy, honestly. <laughs> I haven't done this thing in quite a while, so forgive
0: me. <laughs> yep. That's okay. Or imagine I gave you five complicated, really complicated um, um, thoughts or ideas. The, the point really is, is at the beginning of it, I said, please don't write them down, because if you put them down, it would be really easy to order them, because you right. wouldn't have to remember them. And I also yeah. said, please don't repeat the word back to me if you feel the urge. And the reason for that is I learned from Dr. Barkley is that um, – by the way, I, I, kids' executive function is really important to kids, and it just so happens, is this is true, a five-year-old often will be playing like on the carpet with a bunch of blocks if they're by themselves. It's not always, but it's not uncommon if that five-year-old is actually – excuse me, that three-year-old is talking to themselves as they're playing. They're not talking to you. They're not talking to me. They're talking out loud to themselves, and that's normal. Mm-hmm. Somewhere between age three and five, that verbal conversation with the head or the self becomes privatized. It moves into their head. It's called self-talk. It's still kind of going on. Same thing happens with play. You begin to visualize it. But this is just really what working memory is, is they're sitting there thinking and juggling those those thoughts around. And the thing about people with ADHD is they have a taxed working memory. And so often what they need to do is externalize um, these things in order to put them in order. And so it it explains a lot, like uh, why a lot of people with ADHD will talk, 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 talk. They're not talking to you. They're actually thinking out loud because it's less taxing to their working memory. And on purpose, I said, if you feel the urge to repeat the word, please don't, because it would actually make it easier. And this little simple exercise, (laughs) this little simple exercise, everybody, if you all did it, it's going to be a centerpiece of, think, a lot of stuff that Christine and I are going to talk about in terms of strategies and stuff. For you to kind of help launch yourself, because the idea is we want to make it a little less taxing on your working memory. And so, with that being said, um, let's see. I, I, I tell you what, you got one you want to start with, or, or uh, like a, something you work with students, or you want me to go first?
1: Um, no, why not Well, you, you can go first, and oh. we can just okay process so it. <laughs>
0: I know one of the things that, that for me is that. Um, if you have ADHD and you're going to visualize your week, like think about what you've got going, you've got to load all that, the days and everything you've got going in your mind, and it's far more than five words. So, what I have found for some is I'll sit down with students and we'll get out a spreadsheet and we'll have uh, basically a one page calendar of the week, Monday through Sunday. Um, In 15-minute increments, and we'll start to load in, okay, this is your classes, and then we'll actually put in, uh, we'll fill in, like, boxes for commute time to class, coming back from class. We'll talk about gym time. We'll talk about lunch, going to and from. And we start filling up the the spreadsheet, and then we start to identify, like, when you're going to study for class. So if you had psychology on Monday at 1 and you have a break before chemistry at, like, 3, then you go somewhere to study psychology because it's fresh in your mind. And when we go through Mm -hmm. that sheet, we kind of fill everything in, and so then you have a one-week representation of your week. Now, what I find with most students is is we go through this exercise, and for some of them, just doing the exercise externalizes their week, and they never really refer back to it. Some of them will refer back to it maybe for a week or 10 days, but basically – they get the bigger picture of what their week looks like, and they're better able to manage it because they got it outside of their head and they can begin to see it. And I know you talk about having like a wall calendar so that they can see the bigger picture, and, and as I – I'm going to talk about it in a second, but Thomas Brown has a great quote. It's like, it's like watching a basketball game through a telescope. And imagine you're sitting there at a mm-hmm. basketball game trying to watch it in a telescope. You see movement every once in a while, but you don't even know a basketball game is going on. The same thing happens right. as when you're working on a cell phone and you're seeing like three hours of your day. You're not seeing the whole week or the whole wall calendar. So, again, these two are two structures that you and I talk about because they go right back to that working memory because you don't actually have, have to visualize it. You want to share your experiences with this?
1: Uh, sure. Um, whenever I've suggested um, my students, especially when they're starting out as freshmen, but of course if I get them a junior or senior year, we, we start this as well, getting a big blotter calendar, putting all of their banter, tests, quizzes, papers, all of their real commitments on it, maybe put it in different colors, you know, have psychology being in purple and science being in green, and, you know, kind of color coding it to a degree. So the student on, you know, October 1st can really see where their busy times are going to be in the month. And then they can, you know, then I can work with them and help them manage their time around those assignments, especially when a lot of things fall on maybe two or three days at the end of October. So we're really preparing for that for the whole month as, as opposed to letting it go until five, nope. you know, five or six days before.
0: Absolutely. So you said and something it, that was really, in, oh, um, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah. no. So you said something that I think is really, really important. You, always, you said the word color code. Mm-hmm. Everybody, this goes back to working memory. So I'm going to share a story. I was coaching a guy one time who had a professional organizer unbeknownst to me, come in while we were working together, and he said how they organized the place, and he couldn't find anything, which is a whole other – I can go into another story. But the bottom line (laughs) he had this very interesting conversation is that he had bank statements that were put in a binder on on a shelf. And he said they were like invisible to him. And in the conversation, I began to realize is that when he would actually look at the binders, on the outside of it, it would say Bank of America. Those are just words. What he would have to do is he'd have to read Bank of America, and then he would have to think and actually visualize and begin to see a picture of the Bank of America in order to realize that what, that's what it was. So he was actually having to create a picture in his working memory okay, of what it was to identify it with, and it was difficult because that's very, very effortful uh, when you actually have to go through that stuff, and people with ADHD, they have a self-regulation issue, and if they have to do that work, they're not going to do it. And it was very interesting because it was phenomenal because what we did to solve the problem is we put the logo of Bank of America on the outside of the binder. So he no longer had to read the words and create the visualization in his mind. He saw the logo, and there was an association instantaneously. And I'm sharing with that Mm -hmm. because that's a working memory issue. And when you start color coding the calendar, you begin to associate the colors with the class, and you no longer have to stop and think. Oh, my God, is that psychology or is it chemistry? It's red. That means it's chemistry. You have that association. Again, these are the underlying reasons why those types of things work. It goes back to working memory. Make sense?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, it's, um, and it is extremely effective.
0: It is. But these are the reasons why you, why you do it. Now, I like the calendars and when you're doing a paper, cause it's easier to do that in colors when you're doing it on your cell phone or an outlook and they're there, it's, it's, there's a lot of steps that are involved to color code it. And the more steps or the more things that you do, and I don't know about you, Christine, but the more steps that you have to do something, the less app a person with ADHD is going to do it because they're going to go, as I say, go watch Netflix or go play Xbox because it's more fun. Mm-hmm. Make, thoughts on that. Would you agree?
1: Oh, definitely. Um, and the other piece to this, too, Jeff, is that it is, has to be prominently displayed. This calendar yep. cannot be shoved in a corner. You know, if they're in a dorm room, it's got to be right above their desk or on their desk. Um, if they live in an apartment, you know, near their kitchen, you know, so they have to see this every day. It cannot, we have to put it in a place where they cannot avoid seeing it. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. It's
1: like out of sight, out of mind, just like what you were saying. Yep. So, Absolutely.
0: Again, that's a working memory issue because you actually have to stop and retrieve the thought that that's there out of, and in your mind. And so, again, you're oblivious. Again, everybody, this goes back. This is a working memory issue, which is a big challenge for people with ADHD. All right, let's go to break. You need to learn more about Christine at her website at addactioncoach.com. Um, that's addactioncoach.com. And our secret word tonight is memory. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages.
2: Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do
0: you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk Radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemcguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com ATR. That's A-D-D-C-A slash A-T-R. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide.
2: Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about
0: pausing. Before you ponder and proceed, this opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com.
2: And now back to Attention Talk Radio.
0: Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Christian Robinson. We're having a great conversation uh, trying to get uh, students and parents all fired up to go to college and really uh, kind of succeed. Before the break, uh, we just did a small, fun little exercise to kind of put people in experience so they can really witness what working memory is. And we were talking about calendars and colors and visualization in order for students to begin to understand what their week looks like from a scheduling perspective. And everything that we are talking about goes right back to, to dealing with the tax working memory that those with ADHD have a challenge with. Um, continuing along in that vein, you know, Christine, I know you've talked a lot about when students are in lab groups or group classes about kind of giving in connection with other students to kind of work together. Um, just tell us about your perspective on that and why that's kind of important.
1: Sure. I've had students get to college as freshmen and, you know, be in a really tough um, intro to bio class. And of course they don't know a lot of people, you know, they're freshmen. And when I've suggested them getting with other students to study or just having one person to study with, it has made an an unbelievable difference in their academic outcomes and their feeling of connection to the class and to the material. And I know it's really hard as freshmen, you know, to get out there and to talk to people that you really don't know that well. But... You know, when I've suggested strategies to, to kind of make that happen and the students have done it, it's made, really, it could be the difference between passing and failing.
0: Wow. So I totally, totally agree with you, but let's go back about how this is related to working memory. Remember, when mm-hmm. we did the exercise, I asked you not to repeat the words back in alphabetical order. And so mm-hmm. the reason for that is, is by externalizing it, you're getting outside of your head and working with it. And so um, I'm going to tie some things in here with, that I've, I've learned from Dr. Barkley in terms of feedback. But to me, the brainstorming process is you have a thought or idea, and you're trying to retrieve maybe a, out of the box and inside a creative type idea. And brainstorming can be really, really good for that. But when we say brainstorming, I'm not so sure people really understand how that works. So I'm going to kind of give a – this is a personal story. Several years ago, I was going through a divorce, and I had a Toyota Sequoia, 2003, that had eight seatbelts. And it was important because I ran two carpools at a time that required seven seatbelts. There were six other kids that I had to take to soccer practice or to uh, school. And my son was a year <laughs> away from getting his driver's license. The problem is the Sequoia had like 250,000 miles, and the driver's seat had been, it was leather. It was cracked. And every time I got into it, it was ripping my pants. And so I'm oh. like, oh, I got I to gotta solve the problem. So the first thing I go is I go to Discount Auto Parts, and I walk am looking for a seat cover, and they've got this thing that's like a one-size-fits-all, but it doesn't work. Let me just, I don't want to chew up a lot of time, but it just really wasn't an alternative. So then I'm like, what do I do? So I'm like, hmm, I take my car in, and I get a quote to have the front two seats reupholstered, and they're $900. I'm like, <laughs> the car is only worth like $2,500, and I'm stuck. I either rip my pants, I put this stupid cloth seat cover, or I spend $1,800 to get this, the things reupholstered, and I'm going to get rid of the car in a year and downsize. It makes no sense. And so I'm going over and over and over, and I'm really having a hard time. Now, if you're a student and you're trying to come up, you're trying to understand a concept or an angle for a paper, you can see how this, these just aren't working. Well, I was with a person that was helping me in a move, and I was complaining about the seats, as I was just described to you. And they popped off and said, too bad you can't get something like that at a garage sale. Now, this is really important. I don't know where, mm-hmm. from God, the heavens, and alien. I don't really know why, but <laughs> the word junkyard came flying into my head like, oh, my God. And do you know, Christine, that if you Google junkyards in Tampa, there's one on the website you can put in the 2003 Sequoia tan seats, and they're $126. Now, oh my all, of a sudden, all of a sudden, I have this amazing solution to this problem that I didn't necessarily have, and we're going to go back to working memory because what happens is I've externalized it when I'm talking with somebody. We're going back and forth, and sometimes – People with ADHD, not to talk is not to think. So sometimes they'll talk out loud, and they'll solve their own problem because they're not getting in their head because there's too many ideas that are floating around. But if they verbalize it, a lot of times they'll solve their own problem. Or they'll talk out loud, and the other person will say, hey, what about this? And you go, oh, my God, that will solve my problem. Or they're going to say garage sale, and you're going to think junkyard. The point Mm -hmm. really is, is in these group environments, is when you hit that white I call it writer's block. When you hit that white page, when you can't see anything, in that moment, you're staring at it within 15 seconds because of self-regulation. You're going to get up and go play Xbox or go watch Netflix because it's a boring issue. But in that moment, if you've got somebody there and you turn to them and you just jabber with them a second, all of a sudden you might come up with Junkyard and be able to continue forward. Now, having that person there is actually talking out loud is a structure – To help your working memory when you're having some difficulty and doing it with somebody else kind of helps you self-regulate. So I'm using this working memory issue that we're talking about to understand why what you're talking about and what I'm talking about actually works for ADHD. So I want to pause for a minute and let you comment your thoughts and and maybe share some experiences with you that you've had regarding this and why it's a working memory issue.
1: Oh, well, it, it reminds me of clients that I've worked at, not necessarily college students, but adult clients I've worked who I've worked with, um, where I stay on the phone with them while they pack for a major trip, a vacation, because by me talking to them and prompting them with different tidbits of information, it makes their packing experience so much better, and they feel secure and confident that they have everything for their trip. It's kind of amazing, or or people that are moving homes too. I have I have done that with.
0: So, if you're going to go on a trip, you then have. I mean, people do it in different ways, but you have to actually begin to visualize that trip to begin to think. Oh, it's cold. I need to take warm clothes, or I'm going to go to the beach. And that visualization mm-hmm. is a working memory challenge. I can't tell you how many I've coached with ADHD that struggle with packing for this. I mean, again, everybody, this goes back to working memory. And I've had some things before where if they draw a timeline of where they're going and they write what they're doing, they actually now they've externalized it and it makes it easier. Or in your situation, you'll ask them a question. Oh, so what are you going to do on Thursday? Oh, it'll pop into their mind. It will help them retrieve. Oh, yeah, junkyard. Oh, yeah, I need to take that. It's that interactive process that really, really kind of accelerates this stuff um, and really makes – really can – rather than sit and stew in your room for 12 hours and just sit there and freak out over not being able to pack, having somebody just talk to you and ask you questions makes it so much easier, less taxing on your working memory, and able to pack with, with confidence and get out the door. Make
1: sense? Yeah, I, I've, had, I've had clients, Jeff, who really haven't gone on vacation because of this. The, the anxiety that packing creates. So once we've opened up this door and how we have strategized, you know, everyone of course does it a little bit differently. Some clients I have making lists or, you know, like you said, doing activities, but once they get past this, they they feel so much better and the anxiety yep. goes way down.
0: It's funny. I was coaching a, a guy last summer. He's getting ready to go out to college and he was, he was overwhelmed and, you know, he was struggling. And I said, well, what do you have to get? Well, you got to get school supplies. I said, well, what do you need? And I was just asking him very blo- – like, what do you need? How many of those do you need? Blah, blah, blah. And just asking those questions, he came up with a list. And he said, oh, I also need supplies for my apartment. Really? What, like, like, tell me what? Well, then he started doing, going through kitchen stuff. And I said, anything else? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, laundry. Again, do you notice how vague and big my questions were? yet? Yeah, they helped him retrieve that stuff. And all of a sudden, I said, "Well, where are you going to get those items?" And all of a sudden, "Well, hell, I can get those at Walmart, the same place." Well, who can go there with him? My mother. When? Oh, on Saturday. All of a sudden, it was done, literally within ten minutes, just by asking him the questions. When normally he would just sit there and panic for a week and then run out of the house and forget everything. It sounds crazy, right? Again, yeah.
1: Go ahead. Well, they just get our clients tend to, you know, it's it's breaking these things down and we reduce, we help reduce the overwhelm, and, yep. and that's big, it's, it's, and it's, it can be done. So I want everyone listening to this knowing that there is absolute hope, and you can do these strategies. It just takes time and practice.
0: Well, it does, and I'm going to add to that. You can, but one of the things I'm hoping that we're doing is on this working member, we're helping to relate it back to that one exercise of those five words and give you the reason why you can do this, But if you just sit in a room by yourself, trying to deal with your taxed working memory, you might find that you're having a difficulty and there's an easier way to do it. Let's get up and go and find these people and sit down and kind of make that happen. So everybody go check out Christine's website at addactioncoach.com. Our secret word tonight is memory. And with that, we'll be right back after these
2: messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio change your life by learning more about managing adhd
0: other places give you a few tips the add coach academy will change your
2: life to find out more go to addca.com A-D-D-C-A atr that's addca.com atr Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off.
0: You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success
2: guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio.
0: Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Christina Robinson having a conversation to help understand the challenges of ADHD, specifically working memory, how it manifests, and why... A lot of times we advocate for certain structures or solutions, and we're trying to relate it right back to working memory so you understand the cause and effect relationship um, so that you actually can pause and actually implement these and really kind of uh, really survive. Um, In the spirit of working memory, Christine, I want to share an experience that I had that I thought was really kind of fascinating. Uh, A couple years ago, I was working with a high school student, and uh, he was at boarding school. And there was a paper that he wrote, and he went into his teacher, And the teacher gave him feedback um, on the paper, the whole paper. Mm -hmm. And so he came back and he was paralyzed because he had feedback, but it was on like, you know, five pages. And we began to realize it was really just too much, more than he could handle. And so it dawned on me that he needed to go in and sit down with the teacher and, um, you know, get feedback on a paragraph, rewrite the paragraph, get feedback on it. If it's right, then go on to the next one and do it paragraph by paragraph by paragraph to go all the way through the paper. And I was like – I'm sitting there sure. kind of scratching my head going, am I creating a dependency? I was really kind of questioning myself. It just so happens, um, 45 days later, I was going to, to – um, which now the International Conference on ADHD. And I had arranged for, uh, to meet Dr. Russell Barkley beforehand to cover a, a couple things related. And at the end of it, I said, hey, Dr. Barkley, I'm a big fan of yours in working memory. And by the way, I've got a great uh, interview with him on working memory. All you have to do is go to Tension Talk Radio GPS, and we talk about his theories, which you're going to hear a lot about what we're talking about now. And I shared the experience <laughs> with him, like, this, this notion that this kid had to sit down and go paragraph by paragraph and is isolated, which is absolutely, like, I mean, emphatically, like, absolutely. Now I have to say, yeah, that's exactly the challenge. And sometimes they need that point of performance feedback paragraph by paragraph because they can't hold all that feedback in a, in, a, in a page at one time. And I'm sharing this with you is because back in my day, I was a scholarship athlete when I was going through. And the cool part is I had unlimited tutors. But I found it made my life a lot easier. If I went to the teacher's office and I started talking to them, I mean, literally, like I would go the first week and I would talk to them and have conversations with them. and Number one, I would get feedback. Like, what is it I really, really have to read? What is this course? What is your focus in on the course? And it was funny to me because they would have all these books. And by the time I would walk out, I would realize there's only one or two I had to pay attention to because the rest of it is just things that they liked. And mm-hmm. I would sometimes go in before I wrote a paper. I'll never forget this. I walked into one of them. I got to write a paper. It's either creative or how to paper. And I really not a very good writer. And I was going to the how to paper and they actually said, you can do that, but it's very, very difficult. And I'm like, why? And they said, because if you're going to do a how to, I'm going to actually walk my way through it as if, and if your instructions don't get me to that, then I'm not going to get it done. So it's funny. I decided to make, write the paper on how to make a margarita. And literally I wrote the paper and Gave it to my roommate and said, make a margarita. And he went through it and he sat there. He got to the part in time where he had to squeeze a lime and it was there was no instruction for it. And he goes, I got him stuck. And anyway, it was funny because my point really was, is I would have gone to the house newspaper. paper, I would have written it, but I wouldn't have had the context. At the end of the day, I sat there, I had my roommate do it. He didn't. And I would work. I mean, I redid it a couple times and went through it and I ended up getting the A on the paper. And by the way, the language of a how to paper is not very complicated. You can write in a first grader's language, which is easy for me. But the teacher's like, I'm amazed that you did so well with it. My whole point is I went to the teacher, had a conversation to narrow it down and get some insights on what to do. And it made my world so much easier. So much easier. And so going to the teachers and talking to them to get feedback and to get instruction so you can reduce the overwhelm and just pay attention to the things that you need to for me was. I mean, it, it was it, was, it was spectacular, it made my world a heck of a lot easier. I want to share your thoughts and concepts, because I find a lot of students these days, they don't want to go to the teachers and ask for the help, and they, they resist it. But I think, why would you do that? It's the easiest way to get through class. Thoughts?
1: It, it sure is. Um, self-advocacy is one of the first things I cover, whether my student is a freshman in high school, sophomore, or freshman in college, it, it doesn't matter. And I've worked with this on students who, you know, didn't come to me until their junior year, and the, t- the professor will know you. They will know that you care because you're going to them for help. And what I love what you said, Jeff. You are you're going in for targeted information. And I always share with my students, if you can pinpoint two or three things that you really need help on that, you're, that you know or anticipate that you're going to struggle with, that's what you need to cover with them. And they can go to office hours, but that also could mean that there are other students there, of course. So if you want an individual appointment, set that appointment. And, they're going, and the professor is going to appreciate it. I've had professors at various schools that I work with a lot spend one or two hours straight with some of my students. So they care, and, and it, yeah, it really can mean the difference between getting an A or an F. And uh, I, yeah. I have seen that in action.
0: <laughs> I, I I cannot I, – I, I everybody listen to her. She's spot on. It can mean the difference between A and F, and it can narrow everything down so that you don't have to pay attention to everything. Let's just focus on the key things that are going to get me the B, and then we'll work on the small things to get an A. Because I find a lot of classes is if you do what you need to do, you get an A. You have to do a couple things that are special – excuse me, do what you need to get a B. Do a few things that are special to get an A, and you're there. So anyway, um, there's Absolutely. one last point. I was We're going to do a sequel to this, everyone, but there's one – I was going to push this into the other one, but I, I do want to bring this one up here. As you said, a, a, a really something important, and that is you get one or two few key points to go in and talk to the professional. on And I, I could not agree with you more, but at the same time, I have found is that sometimes – I don't know what I don't know. And I don't even know what questions Mm -hmm. to ask because I don't know. And I get so frustrated with the internet and, you know, chat room customer service and everything, or like even lawyers or doctors, they walk in, what questions do you have? I'm like, I don't, I don't have any questions because I don't even know what I don't know. Like I need an education. Like I don't understand this concept. And so I'm sharing this because I find a lot of students struggle to go to Talk to the professors because they don't really have a specific question. They're just overwhelmed. They don't even understand a concept. Number one, I wanted to validate you to say that I can, I can totally share in that experience. But actually to go to an office and say, listen, I can repeat the words, but I'm just not getting the concept. And I'll relate this back. In, when I was in seventh grade, we were learning about inertia. And I read the words, and I could regurgitate the words. And actually, I did kind of, I think I got a B minus on a quiz. But I can tell you, conceptually, I didn't understand what inertia was. Mm -hmm. I could repeat the words, but I didn't get it. And it was funny because I went into the teacher, and I'm like, I'm not getting this. I'm not getting this. Like, can you help me? And they're like, they were looking at me like I had success. Finally, I realized that sometimes you have to find some people, they just, they don't get it that you don't get it. And so I stumbled in and somebody else and said, listen, I'm just not getting this concept. And they sat down and they explained it in such a way that all of a sudden it made sense to me. And all of a sudden it kind of came together. So I'm not sharing that story because it was a long time ago, but I was coaching a kid one time who was having to critique – Who was in band. And he had to write a paper to critique uh, the band's performance, and he like conceptually didn't understand – what he was supposed to do. He went to the teacher and said, I'm not getting this. And the teacher said, you're supposed to critique it. He wrote the paper, got like a D minus. I think the teacher gave him a D minus because he went and showed favoritism. And he called me up and I said, you don't understand what a critique is. He said, no. I said, imagine that you're a conductor and you thought about what the piece should sound like before the performance. And then you got up and you heard the performance. Can you compare the actual performance with the way you thought it was? He said, I can do that piece, piece of cake. I said, Really? He said, Yeah, I'll go write the paper right now. He did and went back to the teacher and got a B plus on it. My point really is is you see in that moment critique it didn't it was a conceptual thing. He didn't really get it. Sometimes you have to realize is that there are some people that are gonna you are gonna ask questions, but when you don't understand a concept, sometimes you have to kiss some frogs and go around looking for the people who understand the bigger picture. So I'm going to stop and let you comment on that a little bit, because I, I find a lot of times students won't go ask teachers because they don't really even know what to ask.
1: Thoughts? Absolutely. And and this is what I try to do, Jeff, to prep the student before they go in to see the professor. So let's pretend it is, you know, calculus. And they're yep. sitting there and they, you know, the student reports to me, that they're just still lost in this class. So I said, okay, the next class write down circle problems that you have zero idea of what's going on or your your the steps are so confusing take those say two problems in to work with with the professor because you have to be you know somewhat concise when you talk to a teacher because they they just like we were saying they're not going to know how to help you or if it's a, if it's a paper you know, I'm having trouble starting in the introduction because I don't understand the thesis statement that you're looking for. You know, that's specific. So I always try to target in the next class period and, and you know, I'll have the, the syllabus and everything so I'll know what's going on. and And we'll specifically go through and find say three or four questions. So the student feels confident in approaching the professor, especially if this is like the first time or if they are a freshman.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um,
1: yeah, so it has to, to be a targeted together. approach.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, and talking out loud with somebody to kind of hone that stuff down as opposed to sitting there trying to think of it on your own is a good way of doing it. So you're, that goes back to what we talked about earlier is, again, this is working memory, having to retrieve like, what do I have to take when I go packing? Whereas if they're talking to you and you're asking them questions, it helps them come up with what they need to take or what they need to talk to the professor on, again, talking out loud with somebody else is really helpful pe- for people with ADHD because it's less taxing on their working memory. So um, mm-hmm. any, any, any final comments before we close this down? I, everybody, we are having a sequel to this, so we're going to come back and spend a little bit more time. But for right now, Christine, anything, any last thoughts before we close this one out?
1: Uh, I think we're good. I mean, we've covered a lot. So yeah, I think yep. this is, yep. I think we've covered All what right, we we'll... need right now. <laughs>
0: We'll save it for the next one. So, everybody, um, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Please check out Christine's website at addactioncoach.com. Our secret word tonight is memory. Catch our sequel. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Take care.